I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. everybody to the first episode of armchair bimbos yes what's up guys um so we should probably explain what this is yeah before we really get into it um but some housekeeping up top before we get into it um armchair bimbos is now going to be uploaded every monday mm-hmm. we are turning our official upload day for our standard episodes to friday yes instead of wednesday so you can expect our next free britney episode coming out this friday which is what, October 1st? <gasps> October 1st. Oh my God. It's, it's Halloween October. time. <laughs> it's crazy. I feel like uh, fall just started. Okay. Um, so armchair bimbos. Let's. What is it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, what is that name? Um, <laughs> it's kind of like a loose, chill, relaxed time where we just talk about things that have happened recently. Mm-hmm. It's basically going to be talking about headlines. Yes. So the reason we called it Armchair Pimbos is based on like armchair psychologists, armchair detectives, which basically means people that could be professionals or amateurs, but it means that they are never out in the field. Yes. They are never practicing. No. And that is us. Yes. In our bimbo behavior. <laughs> we are not even practicing bimbos. <laughs> But instead, at home being dumbasses. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to offer our unwarranted opinions and takes on some local news. Most of this is probably going to be fun news. Yeah. We're going to try not to get too heavy on here. We were yeah. originally going to cover some, you know, heavy true crime or deaths. But, you know, we cover enough of that in our standard episodes. Yeah. Things are going to get heavier as we go, especially after we end our free Britney episodes. So, mm-hmm. This is just for fun. This is for funsies. We're going to fuck around. And then also we plan to hopefully have interviews with people later on, on mm-hmm. stuff that they're interested in and trying to get, you know, share more of that information Absolutely. to our listeners. For sure. So shall we get started? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, all right. So the first story for this week I think is very funny. <laughs> I don't know why I think this is so funny, but... Dog the Bounty Hunter has joined the chase for Brian Laundrie. So in case you're living under a rock and right. you don't know who Brian Laundrie is, this is the boyfriend of Gabby Petito who went missing in August. Yes. And was actually reported missing in early September. Mm-hmm. They have found her body, her remains. I think they've all but confirmed it. Yeah. Um, in, uh, was it Wyoming? Utah? Utah. One of those. We should have looked it up beforehand. It's fine because we're not covering her death. Right. Uh, it's not a big deal. They were traveling in a van together. Right. And she died. Yep. Um, it's heavily speculated that Brian Laundrie had something to do with this. He yes. has been named a person of interest. Mm-hmm. His parents have been really cagey, refusing yeah. to talk to the parents of Gabby Petito, the mm-hmm. media. They lawyered up immediately. And now Brian Laundrie has gone missing, except not missing. He's on the run. He's on the run. <laughs> and it's uh, very, very um, 
uh, likely that his parents aided him. I think in they. Running. I absolutely think they know. He, they know where he is. Yeah. There's just no way. There's just no. <laughs> There's way. no way that they don't know. Uh, so Brian Laundry. I mean, who knows where he is? But Doctor Bounty Hunter has joined the chase. So for those of you who don't know, um, Dwayne Chapman. He is a TV personality mm-hmm. and famous for his show, Dog the Bounty Hunter, which is no longer on the air. He's had yeah. a couple of other shows about bounty hunting, but none of them are on the air now, so this won't be televised necessarily. Um, and even though he is a TV personality, he's definitely good at his job. He, he has is. caught, like, over a thousand people, I think, yes. something crazy like that. Um, he said that once he announced that he was going to be looking for Brian Laundry, he referred received over a thousand tips wow like right away (laughs) holy um and yesterday sunday he went and knocked on the door of brian's parents house to talk to them basically to tell he said he just did it which the police said it was fine if he wanted to go and knock on their door so he did Mm -hmm. and he just wanted to tell them that their goal was to bring like find brian and bring him back alive but instead of answering the door brian's mom immediately called the police yeah yikes Big yikes. <laughs> I, I'm i like, come on. Yeah. They know where he is. I fucking know. Um, but I think it's very funny. We'll see if he finds him. Who finds him? Uh, you know, if he's even still alive. Yeah, if even. It's um, very likely that he just went off somewhere and killed himself. Yeah. I mean, we did see the whole thing. This is not necessarily in this news article of him going on live, like on, live, on accident on Instagram for a second. Yeah. And it was like a video of water it was like him like or not him it looks like the edge of like a boat yeah and like yeah which i don't know the legitimacy of that video i didn't really vet that in any way um but i did think that was interesting which i'm like he's from florida yeah so it could just be off the coast of florida he could be headed to some country that he believes doesn't have extradition laws right um could be. be Sorely disappointed because we have extradition agreements with most countries. Yes. So, but I, you know, I always hear that people are like, I'm going to go to South America where people can, they can't extradite me. It's like, we have an extradition treaty with every country in South America. Yeah. All of them. Every single one. You're going to have to go to like fucking Russia. Yeah. Iran. Yeah. North Korea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like those are the countries we don't have treaties with. Yeah. Nevertheless, who knows where this fucker is? Who knows? Um, yeah. Not to, you know beat a dead horse but i think we all know that he did something to his girlfriend <laughs> absolutely absolutely he did um that case is pretty crazy it's, obviously you can go and read there is a plethora of stuff we're not going to cover the gabby petito case yeah there's um, plenty of coverage on that already yeah we um, do eventually want to talk about you know some of the stuff that has come up along with it like them talking about the amount of native women that have gone missing in the same area over mm. the last like 10 15 years and it's like in the 700s i think wow uh none of which have gotten national attention of course not um so i think that would be something we want to cover but on a a bigger scale instead of just sort of our half-assed just right. talking about <laughs> yeah just shooting the shit episodes yeah, right that's so what... we will we, we do plan to cover that at some point yeah for sure um, speaking of people who I thought were off the air. Yeah, and um, also have mullets. <laughs> yes, that's the group that we're really <laughs> focusing in on. That's the theme of this episode. Um, Tiger King is getting a season two. Which, what the fuck are they even going to cover? Like, it was a, clearly, like, a docuseries that, like, ended. Like, there, that was like, here's the documentary. There you go. And we were all like, thank you. 
And then they were like, oh, did you want some more? We didn't say that. Not really. I have no idea what they're going to cover because Carol Baskin has said that she will not be back. She feels very betrayed by the directors. I mean, fair. They basically all but said that she murdered her husband. Yep. Which if she did, good for her. Yeah. Um, And she (laughs) said that the directors didn't even try and reach out to her her at all to talk about how the show went like after it was released until February of this year. So basically a whole year Mm -hmm. after the release just to try and get her to agree to be in the new one. That's it. That's the only reason they reached out. So dumb. Um, And as for Joe, I mean, obviously they're going to have just like footage of like chatting with him in prison, but he's been trying to get out of prison and it is not working. I don't think he's getting out. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think the like case against him is pretty solid. Yeah, I think he's gonna he's gonna be serving that sentence. Yeah. The only reason he was able to even have a case to try and get out of it was just like a procedural thing. It was mm-hmm. like a technical error, which his, it always like, case. is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as for his like actual case, and wasn't case, the third guy arrested? The other guy in South Carolina wasn't he arrested a couple months after Tiger King I came out? I think so. Yeah. So I'm like, who is it gonna be about? Yeah. Like. <laughs> They're just going to have a camera, like, pressed up against the prison glass yeah. talking to Joe for, like, 45 minutes. Like, I don't know. Enough of this, bitch. And also, I just want to talk about this really quick. Yeah. That show was insane. And the fact that we all watched it, <laughs> and they just, like, straight up show a man commit suicide with no warning and, like, no, no prep and no trigger warnings. They're just like, here's a man shooting himself in the head. You're like, what? I thought this was about tigers. Yeah. What is that? What is going on? <laughs> um... I, I kind of have beef with that show. Yeah. Just generally. Yeah. Definitely the way they made it was, like, not good. It was not good. They were, like, <laughs> um, completely misgendering that person who, like, yes. worked for Joe. The person who got their um, arm ripped off. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, they kept like, referring to him as a woman. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, so that show was an, a hot mess that I, like, I don't know if it got more attention or less attention than it should have because of it being like right at the beginning of quarantine and we were all watching tv like i don't think if it had come out any other time we would have even heard of it yeah i think it would have just been some random shit you would have seen like four videos about it on like tiktok or something but nobody was doing anything because it was like smack dab at the beginning of like everything hitting the fan yeah i think we watched that like the first week we were like home yeah yeah that's so wild so I don't know. I don't think we need a season two. We I think they've don't. done enough damage as it is. Let's move on. <laughs> like, Speaking true. of moving on. No, yeah, honestly. So um, I just think it's funny that we have become the authority on Britney Spears content. That are like social circles. Yes, because not like a minimum of at least six people have asked me my thoughts about these documentaries. So yes. Britney Spears has some new documentaries coming out. Two of them, in fact. Um, which for a little background, she has already had several. The first Mm -hmm. big one came out in February, which was before she went to court and, you know, said her piece. So that pretty early, that was FX's framing Britney Spears. It's pretty good. It does have some good clips that I'm actually going to upload to pair with some of our later episodes of the Free Britney stuff. So I felt like it was pretty good. It was kind of rushed. Whatever. Um, then there was a CNN uh, documentary Toxic Britney Spears Battle for Freedom and then BBC released uh, The Battle for Britney Fans Cash in a Conservatorship in May so there's already been three um, Britney has not liked most of them yeah. she has referred to them as hypocritical 
Her now fiance has said that they left a bad taste in his mouth. And now we have two more. The Netflix one, which is not out yet, called Britney versus Spears, Mm. which looks at the details of Britney's relationship with her father, as well as the legalities of the conservatorship itself, Mm -hmm. telling the explosive story of Britney's life and her public and private search for freedom. And then the New York Times one, which is also made by the same people who made Framing Britney Spears. Uh-huh. They're just doing it again, They're I guess. doing it again. Called Controlling Britney Spears. This one is already out. I think it came out two days ago, which okay. reveals an, the intense surveillance apparatus that monitored every move that Britney made. Um, so I have not watched Controlling Britney Spears yet. Obviously, I did watch Framing Britney Spears, and it was pretty good. Um, I am planning to watch it eventually. Mm-hmm. I did read some of the stuff that it covers, and it seems like most of it I already knew, like big like surveillance stuff and yeah. different things that went into the trial of her conservatorship. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about that in detail when we get there. Um, but I kind of wanted to talk about this because I feel like there's a bigger issue here. Yeah. And this is something I noticed when I first started researching Free Britney is I started to feel this like guilt Mm -hmm. where I was like I don't want to try and like make money build my career off of the back of like somebody that something bad happened to them yes you know what I mean like I was like I wanted to cover it because I think it's important because I care about it because I felt like we could offer you know kind of a fun perspective on it Mm -hmm. but there were so many people in her life who just used her as like a cash cow yeah she was the main provider of all these people's careers and paid for all of these things. You know, yeah. she had to pay for her dad's lawyer for his conservatorship. And as we're going to cover in the next episode, she had to pay for her husband's lawyer to take her kids away from her. Yep. Uh, and I was like, there's so much of this that is just people exploiting Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was doing that. So there was really tough times when I was researching it that I was like, I really wanted to rectify that feeling before we moved forward. Right. Um, And I still sort of feel that way. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, what we're talking about is very much framed in the way that, like, all of these people did all these bad things to Britney. And Britney was just a person doing the best that she could. Yeah. Um, And every single one of these documentaries, I'm like... Like, what else is there to say? I feel like they're just exploiting her. Yeah. I'm like, like, you're not really spreading a good message. No. You're not really offering that much. Like, a lot of the stuff that I learned about the conservatorships in Framing Britney Spears, because they did talk to, like, lawyers who were specializing in that, Mm -hmm. was kind of interesting. But it, it didn't really further, like my understanding of conservatorships on a broader scale, a lot of that, as I've learned it, has been my own research Mm -hmm. as someone that has access to, like, legal platforms. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think that they have really offered that much. And I think that, I mean, that was the whole point of us covering it to begin with, is I was like, I wanted to end on, you know, where do we go from here? And how does this affect everyone that's not Britney Spears? Because yeah. it does. Yeah. You know, it's, it affects people with mental illnesses, mm-hmm. disabilities, a lot of women. Yeah. Um, and it is nearly impossible to get out of a conservatorship. Yeah. And so it was like, most people do not have the recognition of Britney Spears and the no. power that Britney Spears has. And while she has been powerless in this, but like, she has been powerless mm-hmm. in this movement, but it's like... She also has the eyes of the world on her. Yeah. 
And so the importance of it is not just getting her out of her conservatorship. Mm-hmm. It's everybody else that's stuck in one that does not have those, like, that vision. You yeah. know what I mean? Doesn't have, like, you know, the support of, like, millions of people behind them. And exactly. And, uh, like, doesn't have the, you know, financial, like, you know, portfolio that Britney has. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it still sucks that she has to pay for her, you know, husband, ex-husband's lawyers and her father's lawyers, like, that's ridiculous. But also, like, she still could, you know, yeah. because of the amount of money that her, like, estate has, that other people with conservatorships, that's, like, not even an option to begin with. Right. And it's, like, it's definitely led to, I think, further abuse, mm-hmm. you know, keeping her a conservatorship, despite the fact that she's, like, a functioning adult and, yep. like, working and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, like, a conversation in and of itself. But, yeah. um... It was important to me that we moved forward talking about other celebrities in general that are under them that we never hear about and then just people and how this law needs to change because it does. It's never been really looked at critically. It hasn't. At all. It hasn't. Um, And so seeing all of these documentaries, it kind of feels like people making documentaries about uh, Ted Bundy or something. Yeah. Where it's like, at some point, you were just rehashing someone's trauma Mm -hmm. instead of, like, furthering something that's important. Yeah. Like, I feel like true crime documentaries are really important and they're really interesting. Yeah. If they are done in a way that's, like, one, respectful. Yes. And two, it has, like, a point. Yes. Like, it makes me think of um, the Cecil Hotel documentary Mm -hmm. series. Um, that they just released on Netflix a couple months ago. Yeah. And I was like, this is the perfect example of something like this, where they're talking about all, like, this is a really rough area, and there was obviously this really tragic death, mm-hmm. but outlying, like, outlining it against how the internet acted and yeah. how, like, it has caused a lot of pain for her family and the fact that they're, like, not detectives. So, you know, sort of putting that against the main detective who worked on the case and yeah. did a good job. And had answers for all of these things, but people just continued to speculate Mm -hmm. or add in things that weren't really relevant. Yeah. Um, I was like, I feel like that they had a purpose in making that documentary, which was like, we're going to, you know, tell the story, which is very compelling and like horrifying. Right. But the point is to also like have this theme of people paying attention and then also like taking that too far. Right. To where it like hurts the victims and the, you know, victim's family. Mm Mm-hmm. It was something that uh, Don't Fuck With Cats tried to do at the very end, but did not carry it through all the way. Did not do. <laughs> they, yeah. they needed to set that up a little bit more. I love that documentary series. Like, yeah. I've watched it like four or five times. Yeah. I think it's incredible. But they, they tried to do that at the very end. They did like, it in like three minutes. You're giving him attention. And it's like, no. no. Um, <laughs> but it, that's how the Britney stuff feels, where it's just like... What is your angle on this that's not... Ju- like, you can't just tell the story. Yeah. Because you guys are going to be making money from this. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, you need to have something more. Mm-hmm. You need to be providing something else that is not just telling this story. Right. Because then otherwise, what else is it other than just Britney's life? Right. <laughs> You're just making money off of Britney's life. That's it. And yeah. her suffering. Yep. And Absolutely. I'm like, unless you have, like, a broader idea of where you're going, mm-hmm. like, I don't need it. I don't need it. And neither does she. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> the, her story has been told a million times. There are plenty of people alive today who watched her story go down. Like, yeah. you know, since, like, like, most of us have watched this happen in real time. Yeah. Like, nobody really needs, like, just the story anymore. Mm-hmm. You need to, like, do something with it. Right. I was like, you need to be providing more 
Like you need to do your homework. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the fact that I'm like, and whether or not we're meeting that goal, I don't know. Obviously, we can't say that about ourselves. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I felt like even for us on our very small podcast that we just started, mm-hmm. at least we had an angle. Like we yeah. had an idea of where we were headed. We know what the point is. So mm-hmm. it's not just us telling the story of Britney Spears and going through all these things that happened to her, like there is a point. Mm-hmm. Everything builds to the story, and then that story has an angle going forward. Right. Like we're not just dropping it at, and that's what happened. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm like, what's the point? What's the point? <laughs> yeah, it just feels very lazy and um, like a shortcut. Yeah. To just being like, how do I make money? Oh, this is popular right now. Right. Release. People want to, you know, see this. Yeah. So, I, you know, I should just make it. I'm like, okay. Okay. And well, obviously I haven't seen either of these yet, but, you know, I don't know. It's just something I've been thinking a lot about. Yeah. As far as seeing these documentaries pop up and mm-hmm. seeing people talk about it. And yeah. I, it's very similar to what happens with, you know, Gabby Petito. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like a bigger conversation that I wanted to have later anyways. But, you know, the way people take in her content in a way that's like they're enjoying these horrible things that are happening. And then this other side of people who think that talking about it at all means that you are like taking advantage of her. Yeah. Um, And I believe the truth is somewhere in the middle, just as it is with Britney Spears, where it's like, it is important to talk about it. There's nothing wrong with being compelled by it or interested in it Mm -hmm. or thinking like, that's horrifying. You want to learn more. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, the people who are, making TikToks saying that they're psychics and then calling the tip line saying that they know where Gabby Petito's body is buried. Yeah, I'm like, that, that is, is like, disrespectful. You, that is you just trying to further your career as a internet psychic. Exactly. Like, yeah. there is no helping here. No, that's but just the people who clout. are going through the timeline or sharing the story, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, that's okay because you have a, like, this story is at its point where just raising awareness is good. Yeah. Britney Spears is not at that point. No. She is not at a point where it's like, you just need to be raising awareness. Yes. We're aware. Yeah, we're all aware. <laughs> if you're going to be making a full-ass documentary, you need to be providing more. Yeah. Yep, so yep. I don't know if those connect, but they connect in my brain. Yeah, of like absolutely. How people treat the stories that belong to somebody else. Yeah. And there is definitely a, a tight line that you have to walk with mm-hmm. it. But I do think that those are things that we have to look at critically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's stages to a story. Yeah. And I think that's what you're saying. It's like, you know, I feel like people can just hide behind the like title of documentary. And it's like, well, documentaries are just supposed to be like neutral tellings of a story. And I'm right. like, that's not necessarily true. I mean, it is. But like, you know, there's different points and different things that are required from documentaries, like how, you know depending on how old or how, you know, famous a story is. Like, if it's a really small thing that nobody knows about, yes, awareness, that is great. Like, that is number one priority. But, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, Britney, everybody knows Britney. Everybody knows what happened to Britney. We need to do something to help people in situations like Britney. Yeah. You know? I'm like, and even if that's not your exact point, there has to be some point. There has to be something. Otherwise, it just feels like you're making money off of her. Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't know. It's difficult to, like rectify that and, and and be excited to see these things made because yeah. I think we're at a point now where I'm like, all right, like you're just kind of jumping on this bandwagon to mm-hmm. make money. Exactly. It's not even like, you know, I see a lot of people criticizing specifically TikTokers talking about Gabby Petito as like, oh, 
this is disgusting. Like, people referring to it as a real-life true crime documentary, which is, I guess, you know, or they're like, oh, it's a true crime documentary unfolding in front of us, which uh-huh. is true. Yeah. Um, and they see that as, like, inappropriate or... Um, you know, offensive or something. The people who are making TikToks about these are not giant production companies. They're one person researching and sharing the information that they have, which has actually brought good awareness to it. Like somebody picked up Brian Laundrie. He was like hitchhiking in the area. Yeah. And the only reason that she knew that that's who they picked up is because of the TikToks that people were making. Yeah. That's something that I'm like, okay, it's okay that you're like one on one hand, it's new, mm-hmm. so raising awareness is important. And on the other hand, you were just some TikToker. Yeah. And even if you have, like, a whole ass podcast and you get paid to do that, mm-hmm. you're still sort of just a singular person. Right. I do feel like there are different rules and expectations when you are a giant production company with the infrastructure mm-hmm. and the knowledge that you are going to make an income from this. Right. And not in just a, I'm going to pay my bills, but you were going to make a profit. Yeah off of what you've created. Yeah. And I feel like when that kind of situation is relevant, Mm -hmm. you need to be, you need to have higher standards and we need to have higher expectations. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if anyone who's like worked in an office or anything like that, like knows, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, what is it? The New York Times, whoever's making that new documentary or just made that new one and Netflix, like... People go into their jobs in their offices being like, okay, what do we need to do now, like, for the company, keep making, like, you know, profit, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, that's the goal when you're going into meetings and stuff. Like, no matter where you are, even if you are in a creative space, you know, at that kind of level. So it's like, yeah, it's it's naive to think that there should be the same expectations for, you know, a singular person making their own production just trying to, you know talk about a story like for themselves and their you know probably small audience and um equate that to you know a producer that's in a high level executive like position in like a huge production company like they're there at that company to help the company like make money like that's their goal number Mm -hmm. one no matter how creative their position may be right it's like you know i don't know i don't think it's fair to equate those two you know, types of people. It's like, obviously they're coming at it with a, how do we make money off this story Mm -hmm. angle? First and foremost, priority number one. Yeah. You know? Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's higher expectation. It's higher responsibility. They are paid because they have that higher responsibility. Yeah. So if they get made mistakes, you know, if they make mistakes, it's supposed to equal that same level of like what their expectations are and what we expect from them. Absolutely. Um, I honestly think producers get off easy. They really do. And (laughs) I think at this level, we really need to be paying a little bit more attention. They're definitely the like, they slip under the radar in all like production industries, Mm -hmm. like film and like documentary TV, like all of these things. Yeah. And they have a lot of power. They have a lot of power. They have a lot of control over everything that gets made under them. Mm-hmm. Executive and normal producers do. Yeah. Um, and I think that producers probably have a big hand in what they're making. Yeah. Here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, so that was a, a deep dive for a second. Yeah. Shall we move on to our next story? Let's do it. Uh, this one is my favorite thing ever. The <laughs> Conjuring House mm-hmm. um, is on sale. Yes. Which, if you don't know what The Conjuring is, 
Um, How? Go watch it right now. Um, it's a movie made by James Wan. Yes. About a semi-truth story. Yes. Of Ed and Lorraine Warren yes. going to make a family's life worse. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> much, much worse. Yeah. Um, Patrick Wilson and Vera Famiglia play my OTP. Um, but obviously the <laughs> fake Ed and Lorraine Warren yes. are like my heart. The right. real Ed and Lorraine Warren can choke. They both look like the grandpa from Up. Yeah. They're so ugly. <laughs> they're so ugly and they're horrible people. They were terrible people. Yeah. Yes. So the Rhode Island farmhouse um, that the outside of it, they filmed the outside for the movie and a few certain shots uh, is for sale. Um, it is the actual house um, of the actual story. It is selling for $1.2 million, um, which is like pretty, you know, I feel like reasonable in like the Rhode Island area. There's like sure. a lot of huge houses and I mean, stuff. Yeah. Um, it is a 3,100 square foot house, three bedroom only, surprisingly, for such a big house, and one um, one and a half baths. I'm so interested in, like, I wonder if there's pictures of the floor plan. Yeah, that's <laughs> like a really interesting floor plan. Anyways. <laughs> 3,100 square feet. But three bedrooms and only one and a half baths. It's like, what? <laughs> like, what is the spacing here? I've got to know. Um but that price is crazy because the current owners bought that house for $439,000 and only spent like 50000 in repairs. When did they buy it? Do you know? You know, that is a great question. It was, I know they weren't the directly the, um, it wasn't sold to them directly from the family that the story like is about, like that the Warrens visited. There were several owners between them. Um, but they've had it for years though. So it, it was a while ago. That's a that's a good um, increase on your purchase, though. For sure. It is a really good um, increase. And the current owners actually have a business on the property that allows paranormal investigators to stay the night, and they are completely booked throughout uh, 2022. Oh, my God. So whoever oh my buys, God. <laughs> yeah, whoever buys this, like, I mean, I guess they'll probably, you know, do something with the contracts of keeping this business at least through then. Uh, because they've got reservations for, you know, at least another year. Yeah. Maybe it's in the, like, the contract to buy the house. Probably. It probably is. I don't know much about real estate, but I think you can do that. You absolutely can do that. Um, I'm sure that's a pretty easy thing to just, like, do a joint contract with real estate and business just all in one. Um, so these owners, they said that they haven't found any evidence of the tale specifically in the Conjuring movie to be true. So the oh. Conjuring movie is about that uh, witch who supposedly murdered her baby. They bought it in June of 2019. Oh my god! Just for so good for them. Good for them. They bought that house. They are selling it for twice the amount they bought it. Yeah. And they've been making money by renting it out so people can come and, you know, play out their fantasies. Holy moly. That's <laughs> incredible. Okay, sorry. No, Carry you're totally fine. You're so, yeah, the story that's in The Conjuring, they said that they haven't had any evidence of that tale being true. They said that the witch is a historical person that's buried in a cemetery about four miles away from the house. Okay. Um, but... It says, through their extensive research, they could not connect with her with witchcraft or uh, murder investigations. Uh, or <laughs> she said fan behavior. Yeah. That's enough. She's like, <laughs> that's enough. Um, the current owners are also paranormal investigators themselves. Love so that. Whenever they, you know, moved in and, like, had the house, they conducted a bunch of 
um, investigations and then obviously let other people do it as well. They said that the house actually has a more curious and um, inquisitive about the people staying there. They haven't felt any like malevolent presences at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is interesting. They're cute. Yeah. They're a cute couple. We'll post a picture on our Instagram. For sure. Um, And the real estate agent, I thought this was fun. Um, He also was the one uh, that sold the Lizzie Borden B&B, the site of her (laughs) murders. So, you know, he's really all about it. I mean, sorry, she's really all about it. Uh, Miss St. John. She is just a murder house See, um, I wish connoisseur. The, the person, I think he's a lawyer from Texas, who bought the LaLaurie mansion in New Orleans was like this couple where they let people go and do their little silly paranormal stuff there. Because yeah. that's so fun. Yeah, that is so fun. I mean, good for them. Yeah. They look like a fun couple. Yeah. Um, and she said, so the one of the owners said um, to the question, what's one thing buyers should know? And he said, I would say it's real. In this day and age, when you see based on true events, this actually delivers. That's why we're as busy as we are. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's a lot of fun. That's so cool. Yeah. So I really loved that. Um, and I can't wait to see who moves in. I hope that they keep the business going. I know. Like, I'm really curious who's going to yeah. buy it. I wish we could. I wish we could. But we don't have any money. Don't have money. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty fun. I wonder why they're selling it. I'm Subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> Well, as a as an army, buy this house. Yes. We'll turn it into a communal this is paranormal rejects home. <laughs> we'll turn it into our headquarters. It's kind of like the hype house, but for ghosts. <laughs> Welcome to the team. <laughs> so, real quick before we finish up, because we're kind of out of stories, uh, let's have a segment. I think this would be good. Yeah. Um, where we talk about shit that we're watching. Okay. Currently. Yes. I love um, that. We're, we're going to do it sans spoilers. Yes, of course. We're going to do it. Um, because this week we watched, actually yesterday. Yes. We watched Midnight Mass, which it came out on Friday. And I think <gasps> we watched it all in like two sittings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In two sittings. Because we just like couldn't put it down. It's I mean, like, it was only seven episodes. Yeah. So what a quick, a brisk seven hours. Yeah. Easy peasy. <laughs> it was a full time job. <laughs> um, which I loved. I, you know, if you haven't seen anything about it, it's made by the same man, uh, Michael Flynn, I think his name. Uh, Flanagan. Flanagan. Mm-hmm. Um, who made The Haunting of Hill House and The mm-hmm. Haunting of Blind Manor. Uh, it is super fun. <laughs> super fun. It is intense. Yes. Um, it, you know, has a beautiful sheriff. Yeah, gorgeous. Beautiful priest. <laughs> Both of which are 6'4 in real yes. life. <laughs> yes. Um, um, very, you know, just the hottest cast I've ever seen. Hottest cast, incredible <laughs> acting, um, so much fun. Yes. Really different than what I, I don't know what I expected it to be because I didn't know anything about it other than, you know, who made it, mm-hmm. the cast, and like the name. And yet it was still like really shook me in yeah. a way that, I don't know. Somehow every episode I was surprised by what came. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. Not where so, I was expecting it to go. And I loved it. I did like it. Yeah. I think it was great. I think it was really um, good. I will say there are a lot of monologues. There are. As is his style. Yes. This is definitely his, he's definitely like, he put them all in this. Yes. Like every other scene is a monologue. Yeah. And most of them are good. Yeah. I did see that um, 
there was an article saying that he only accepted like to do Bly Manor if Netflix greenlit him being able to do Midnight Mass. So <laughs> That's I think smart. Yeah, which is really smart. I mean, I'm so really this is glad. kind of his baby. This yes, is like his yeah. project. So I think this was like his most important project okay. to him. Yeah, yeah, which kind of tracks with like yeah. the way it is. Um, for sure. There's definitely, and you know, his wife is essentially the main character. Yes, and she's incredible. She's so beautiful. She's, her pa- hair is perfect in every single shot. I know. I'm like, how do you look like that? I know. Just, you just are out here looking like that? It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite a, quite a ride. Yeah. So <laughs> definitely go watch that. Uh-huh. Um, come hit us up when you've got thoughts. Yes. Because I know everybody's got a lot. And I'm sure we'll talk about this next week, because the next thing is, that's on the docket is, uh... That new Netflix show that has, like, the weird, you know. Oh, the Squid Game. The Squid Game. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah, the K-drama. I'm um, so excited. I've been seeing so much stuff about it all yeah. over TikTok, so we're definitely going to be watching that sometime this week. We'll try and watch it and talk about it next week. Absolutely. <laughs> we yeah. currently have a whiteboard of TV shows that we need to finish and or start. Yes. Uh, we are, like, three-fourths of the way through at least six shows right now. Yeah, I think there's, like, four of them... We have literally just one season left, or like less than a season left, and we just like abandoned them for no reason. Yeah, we just like started new shows. I think we're like afraid of TV shows ending. I think it makes us really sad. Yeah, it does because we finished I Zombie. Yeah, and that was a bummer. That was a real bummer. That really hurt my feelings. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which the sheriff from Midnight Mass is a main character in I Zombie. Yes. Um, so if you like him. Which you should, because he's, he's beautiful. like, one of the most beautiful men alive. Um, then you should go and watch that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll update you as yes. we start finishing shows. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll just, like, watch stuff, and we're going to talk about it here, because... Hell yeah. This is our show. We can do what we want. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. Do we um, want to um, chat about our favorite um, TikToks or anything? Well, yeah. Let's do it. Let me look at my likes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I wasn't prepared. No, you're fine. Do you have one that prepared? I do not have one prepared. I don't think. I don't know where my phone is, actually. Or maybe our I'm favorite missed. TikTok sounds of the week. Like, Ooh, what's our favorite, yeah. like, new sound that's, yeah, like, yeah, going yeah, yeah. Um, I do love the one that's, like, are you shitting my dick? I <laughs> love that one. I think that one is, like... So funny in such a, like, weird way to me where I'm, like, everybody sort of understands the assignment of, like, when you're a kid or something where you're, like, trying to say something that sounds, like, crazy, but it ends up making no sense, like, using cuss words so out of pocket where you're, like, what are you talking about? Which I made one with my cat, um, which I feel like I should just tell you what my original idea was. I still probably will make it because I think it's really funny. But uh, my cat was, like, crawling all over me when I was trying to make it. So I picked him up in it and then decided to make the TikTok about him instead because he looked so hilarious. He's so angry. (laughs) Um, But originally my idea, because it's, like, has that, like, you as a kid, like, you know, being super gullible theme. I was going to do the one of, like, my brother telling me that, like, 40% of Snapple facts are lies. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, are you shitting my dick? Yes, which, let me play the sound. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I think you yeah. should make that. Yeah. Um, so check out my TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> um, this isn't really like related to the sound, but yeah. I have been enjoying the videos where it's that sneezing sound and it's people being like, 
me sneezing in front of my crush. Yeah, <laughs> that one's we'll really funny. We'll post a video for each of these um, on our on our uh, Instagram as well, so yeah. you guys can see. Yeah. Um, and then before you know, this is not a TikTok TikTok sound yet, but yet. we're gonna try and make it into one. I think it could go viral. This it's so is funny. A sound from um the last podcast on the left during their one of their most recent. Uh, episodes. Yes. So, so I'm going to play that. Shout out last pod. He slapped her unconscious, then killed her with a rock, all while describing the murder as, quote, a weird situation. It is pretty weird. A developing <laughs> situation. It's, yeah, it's wee-wee weird. It's wee-wee weird because... <laughs> I just can't explain how much joy... <laughs> That brings me. It's wooey weird. It's wooey weird. I don't know when they started doing that. They have done it in past episodes, but for some reason, this one where they're just like, he killed this woman, described it as a weird situation. <laughs> it's <was> pretty weird. <laughs> it's wooey weird. I think um, that one and the ooboo woo that he did. Oh, okay. <laughs> he said that by accident. He said, yeah. Look at my ooboo woo. <laughs> Um, so anyways, that is not a TikTok sound yet. We're going to try and make it into one. I feel like it has a lot of potential it's because really it's versatile. just vague enough to yeah. like really catch. Yeah. Like anyone can use it for almost anything. And if it doesn't, um, you will hear our permanent shame. Yes. Here on this episode. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll have a record of how many, um, of our TikToks flop. <laughs> <laughs> just most of them. Our flop era is low-key serving. <laughs> All right, so um, if there's ever anything you guys want us to talk about, like, message us. We'll talk yeah. about anything Hell on yeah. this. But this is very freeform Very bullshit. Freeform. Yeah, it's just us shooting the shit. Because I feel like we need a little space to get crazy. Yeah. So that when we get back into the serious stuff, we're, like, focused. Right. We're ready. Our standard episodes are, are a lot of research. Yes. A lot of preparation. Yes. This is very much us half-assing things. Yes. So please enjoy. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye, guys. The Podcast Rejects is a Gamer Frauds Network production. Find us on Instagram at The Podcast Rejects. For early access to all Gamer Frauds Network content and a ton of exclusive perks, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamerfrauds.